Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall and on this episode we're talking about something that will play a major role in the construction industry going forward and is already the use of robotics. It's a co-worker. You know, I like to call it it's a collaborative robot or a cobot. They're there to do the tasks that are the unsafe tasks, the repetitive tasks, the ones that you don't want to have a person having to do that kind of work on a day-to-day basis. We've deployed Spot into a crumbling building. We know the roof is potentially coming in at any point. Rather than risk putting somebody in that space or a team in that space to do evaluation and survey, we've deployed Spot. I can put a price on Spot. Spot costs me X amount to purchase in or lease what you can't put a price on as a human life. That's David Berzik, construction robotics lead at Trimble Connected Construction, and Mark Crawford, business manager at Balfour Beatty. They'll be talking with Henry McDonald about how robotics are being used on site now and the potential for the future. Plus, of course, Peter Finn, TV's Pete the Builder, will be with me in just a moment. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. So, Pete, how's things with you today? Steve, how are you? Good to talk again. Yeah, always good to talk. We're going to be talking about something which, I mean, I I wouldn't consider myself a geek. I don't know about you, but (laughs) robots are, even for non-geekies, very exciting, I think. Yeah, well, look, our world has changed in many ways, and we we often talk about this on on our podcast here. One of the major things that has happened is that technology has pretty much gone through the roof, and along with technology has come the advancement in robots. The robotics in a lot of industries has been massively advanced to help increase productivity, and like anything that's new, it takes a little bit of time before it becomes mainstream, but then it starts to filter down into the, the everyday life, and that's what's happening. We are beginning to move towards a lifestyle where there's robotics in construction. Yeah, and let's just frame this in the context of the talent shortage. And we've talked about this many, many times. Our guests uh, over the recent episodes have been flagging this up as well, how difficult it is to get people into the construction industry. And we're not saying that there won't be jobs in the construction industry. Of course there will. Some of them may be different jobs to the ones we have now. But certainly using robotics, using any sort of uh, technology that can work with the humans in construction may plug some of those gaps and actually get the whole industry to be able to move at the pace that it wants to move at. There's just no doubt about it. At this moment in time, we do not have the labour supply that we had in the industrial era or the labour supply that we, we had like, you know, 10 years ago. We're big supporters of getting people into construction, but it's not an easy task. How do you combat that? You basically reduce the amount of labour that's required on site and you, you eliminate some of the jobs that humans are doing and you get a device that can do it and robots can come in and they can they can assist. But I think the best way to, to describe this is we shouldn't really be calling them robots at this point in time. We should be calling them cobots. We've got a really in, uh, interesting interview coming up about Spot the robot, which is which is a robot which is being used on site at the moment for Balfour Beatty and what it is doing. It's making sure that they're maximizing the productivity on site for the, the, the humans. And then they're seeing what work they can use the robot to, to do for them. And like that's going to be industry-wide and it, and it is becoming industry-wide. So it's it's not a case of, of robots coming in here to take over and take other people's jobs. To start off with, we have a, a huge shortage of labor 
And it's about just eliminating certain jobs that are being done at the moment that, you know, let's be honest, can be quite unsafe or can be quite time consuming. And if you've got a mechanism to be able to get those jobs done quicker and you've got a mechanism to get them done more safely and more accurately by using something like a robot, well, then why wouldn't you do it? Mm, Absolutely. And it's not about, as you say, it's not about uh, reducing the jobs because, you know, there are jobs there that aren't being filled because there aren't people to do them. But these new jobs will bring other talents into the construction industry. You know, that, that old image of a man with some tools will still be there, but at the same time, there will be men, women coming in with all kinds of different skills, robotic engineers, you know, people who are doing all kinds of different activities relating to construction that aren't perhaps uh, traditional construction jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's advancement. It's, it's taking steps forward in so many different aspects of, of what we do. You know, there's not going to be, you, you think you said it quite well there, there's not going to be an Android type of a, of, a, of a robot that looks like a human and it's got a tool belt on it and it's walking around doing what humans do. That's not going to be the case. You know, there's going to be like single task construction robots more frequent to use they're already out there i've seen you know videos myself of a robotic arm on the back of a truck that's laying blocks and the accuracy and the speed and the safety that's involved in this is like off the charts you know they're doing welding they're carrying out you know demolition works in, in really dangerous areas they're unmanned so a person can operate them like a digger or you know some sort of an excavator remotely and again it's it's about how we collaborate with these there's no way that a robot is ever going to come in and take a full charge of a, of a building site and and just you know start sending out smaller robots to do the job the way we would see in in some movies it's going to be how we integrate and how we use the robots or the cobots to help our industry overcome challenges when it comes to health and safety, when it comes to accessibility, it comes to accuracy, it comes to communication, it comes to obviously the speed of work. So there's so many different advantages that we can get from this. And look, we're going to hear the interview now, and you know, I, I think uh, I think it's going to open up a, a, a lot of different subjects. And I think people, once they hear this interview, will see how this is a positive thing. This is a very positive thing that that's coming into our industry. Okay, Pete, we'll talk again shortly. But let's meet our guests who are talking with Henry McDonald. Uh, I'm David Berzik. I'm the construction robotics lead for Trimble. So I'm heading up the overall integration of the Trimble solutions with the Spot robotic platform. I'm Mark Crawford. I'm the business manager for Balfour BT and looking after digital and survey. Let's talk about the Spot robot. Can you explain how it was developed and where? Sure. The Spot robot uh, was developed by Boston Dynamics. It's a platform that they've been researching uh, for probably about 30 years now. So it's one of the more uh, mature robotic platforms out there uh, for use in the industry. The whole idea behind it was to uh, investigate quadruped type of robots that could be used in different situations going across different types of terrains. And so they based a lot of the design around just, you know, how did nature solve this problem for, you know, moving about a different environment? And that's where the whole kind of legged approach came in as opposed to wheeled approach that you see with some of the other types of robotic applications. Came out to the marketplace as a, as a commercial application uh, about two years ago, uh, the application that we're using, which is uh, the Spot Enterprise model, that's been out on the market now for about a year or so. But it's uh, being used across different industries uh, for different applications. Is there many other prototypes around like it, or is, is it unique? 
there's other um, types of robots out there that are, you'll see there that they are similar in look uh, to what Boston Dynamics has. You know, Boston Dynamics has probably the most mature platform out there for the use of, of robotics, just because of how long that they've been researching uh, this type of application on the marketplace. They had two versions of the robot uh, available. One was called Spot Explorer, and the other one is Spot Enterprise. And Spot Explorer was kind of the first uh, version to come out onto the marketplace. Uh, that one's actually starting to sunset now. Um, it's been used primarily in kind of research applications and academic applications. But the full commercial application being used on job sites and different industries is the Spot Enterprise robot. Both have the same form factor. Really, the differences are just kind of firmware uh, changes between the two applications. I think we had the same sort of experience. I joined two years ago and came into it and, and I was told, oh, we're looking at robotics. And I was like, brilliant. Having already seen Spot in a previous life, I've done Trimble Dimensions. I've done some of the showcases around the Trimble sort of business and, and the environment is you know spots out there, um, but you come to certainly into the UK environment. Health and safety regulations dictate drivers one way and the constrainers and confiners, but there's also an opportunity to to change the way we operate. And the robotic platforms we were looking at two years ago were, were like they've said, it, it wasn't even quadrupeds. They were we were looking at tractor units, we were looking at wheeled units, and they are great solutions. And and people put a lot of hard work and R and D and effort into it, and. The challenge for us is always not that it's not the right solution or a great solution. It's it's how do we apply that to our business site and, and, our, and our construction. And bearing in mind, Balfour Beat is a multi-contractor. So we operate across the US, we operate in the UK, and we operate as a joint venture in Gammon. And within that, certainly within the UK, where I'm I'm focused is, you know, we do construction, we do building M&E work. We do highways, we do rail, we do utilities, we do ground investigation. So there's a whole scope of works. And, and the big thing for Balfour is always, can we ever find a solution that we can wide scale deploy? Uh, and I think that's where we ended up with the Boston solution. And within six months of me starting, I was in touch with the team from Trimble saying, look, I think we can build a business case. I, in fact, I know we can build a business case. And, and it might have taken us six months longer than we expected or wanted it to. But, you know, the, the sign up's there. And, we're very fortunate. We took delivery of a unit last year. We, we started to work with David and the team and start to understand those applications. So taking that the theory side and, and we think it can do this and we think it should do this and we and going, okay, no, 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 it actually can. And we start to see, you know, start to see the value, which is what we did with other platforms and gone, you know, let's deploy it, let's trial it. And we have that environment to do so, I suppose. What practical missions can the robot carry out on building sites, construction areas, factories? and other workplaces? I think certainly for us, and I understand what Boston have in mind, and I understand what Trimble have in mind. And, and I think what we we sort of went, actually, in theory, it can undertake any surveying, monitoring, or capture activity on any site. You know, there are certain limitations and restrictions. Um, you know, you could say doors, but actually spot comes with a manipulator arm, and depending on what the payload you put on. So we've been working predominantly with the... Um, the, the scanning uh, payloads so that we've been using the Trimble X7 workflow in you know, doing reality capture. So we're doing high survey grade capture on a repetitive and scalable basis so that we deploy it in. Traditionally, you'd pay for somebody to come in and scan your project once, uh, maybe at the start, maybe at the end, or you do it periodically every, every other month or whatever. It's an expensive cost. It's not, it's not something that's normally budgeted for. With Spot, our immediate was, well, actually... We could do this every hour. We could do this every day. We could do this every week. And we we get a much clearer 
and proactive picture of our project and, and the accuracies are there and we can do a lot of that without mobilization costs i don't in theory i don't need to get anybody out of bed to do it uh, you know we're, we're working towards those steps of autonomy don't get me wrong but the, the biggest one for us and the real focus for us is you can put spot in a place where you don't want to put a person and still be able to achieve the same results. So, sort out, sort out, for example. So, confined spaces. So, you know, we don't we don't like to put people in confined spaces wherever possible. We try and um, eliminate or mitigate a risk to put somebody in the confined space because of the risks, the health and safety risks of entrapment, gases, everything that can can come with it. So, we find a way to do it. What we currently do is we traditionally used to use a tripod, invert that tripod, stick a total station down, but you'd get a very limited view. Instead, and you can you can have spot walk along a culvert. It's in a confined space. The Trimble X Seven um, is phenomenal in low light or no light environments. Uh, and we've we've done some case study work in closed doors with no lighting in, and and we can get a full picture of a point cloud and photogrammetry that comes out of it that tells us exactly where things are. And I've not had to put anybody at risk. It's the same at working at height. We've deployed spot into a, a crumbling building. We know the roof is potentially coming in at any point. Rather than risk putting somebody in that space or a team in that space to to do evaluation and survey, we've 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 deployed spot. He's walked through a door, um, without sort of getting too extreme about it. I can put price on spot. Spot costs me X amount to purchase in or lease or however anybody wants to do it. What you can't put a price on is a human life. It's an expensive. Don't get me wrong. It's an expensive cost. It's a cost that is bared upon a company because we see massive returns of investment back on it uh, as, as part of our working solution. So, so in terms of construction, and um, we we have this problem in in the business. We know this here. It could reduce the risk to human life on sites that can often be dangerous that do have potential lethal possibilities. Yep. Would you say that's fair? Absolutely, one hundred percent. And it's not just the risk to life. It's it's the early stages of that. That I think the the biggest cause of, of injury or, or health and safety stats, certainly in the UK market, is, is all around slips, trips and falls on a construction site. Now, whether that's walking over um, sleepers on, on a railway track bed, whether that's going up and down steps uh, or you know scaffolding or, or any structure or walking up and down a stockpile, individuals walk up and down stockpiles to take survey measurements for vol- volume calculations. Spot can do that same process and be giving me the results instantaneously without me having anybody going up and down and risking a slip, trip, fall, occurrence, you know, incidents all happening. We've worked with spot going up and down scaffolding stairs. We've worked with spot going up and down open staircases. So it works great with solid because you've got solid concrete staircase going up and down, but we've worked with the open construction style staircases that sit on the outside external face of the building. Spot gets up and down there, no problem at all whilst also still carrying an expensive scanner at the same time. So we don't have to move spot, then manipulate it. And we can spot goes off on its pre-programmed walk, goes up and down the stairs, and it's capturing this data. And this data is available immediately. I'm not waiting a day, two days, three days, four days for it to be downloaded, to be transferred, to be processed. And, and, and the Trimble workflow is phenomenal. In, it does um, in-field registration. So you get cloud-to-cloud registration. There's a lot less manual manipulation afterwards. And our benefit is we can visualize and share our work site and project progress from anybody on almost a, a daily basis, really. Could there be an advantage, for example, 
I mean, I know people have done this recently in, in the building trade for sending spot into a building which may have a lot of asbestos in it, for instance, that it could detect yep. the presence. How would it do that? We haven't done it yet, but I, you know, we work up at Sellafield. The Sellafield company, uh, organisation up there, have worked with spot. Uh, they put in a radiation suit and they've sent it into its highly radiated areas uh, for it to take radiation detection readings and, and examine. And then you can look at it uses a camera you could, with a diff, as a different payload. You can look at um, your dial outputs for monitoring, you know, and that live camera stream is coming back through into a control room. So you can walk through a radiated building, a building filled with asbestos, a building, you know, like I said, again, the confined space element where you might have inert gases that at any point could could explode. And, and you've got to sort of think about those elements. The camera allows you to still stream live feed into that through the connectivity part. I think there's a really good video where, you know, the alarm, a sensor alarm goes off and the team react to it to say, oh, let's, you know, normally you'd call out, you'd go in, you'd have to say, let's reset the, they send them this deploy spot. Now, I'll be really honest. I met that video. I'm like, brilliant. Wouldn't it be fantastic? You go, is it real? And, and that's always, it's a marketing, but is it real? And, and I can safely say it is real. We've seen it in action. We've seen it work where, We've done it's a trial. Don't get me wrong. We've not used it in a you know as an alarm. We've we've deployed spot on its own yet because we're we're not quite there. But we've gone okay. Let's let's set trigger it. Let's off it goes to do a walk a, a workflow path. Can we get that information back? And, and and that's where it comes into into its own. You know? If we can remove a person, not replace the person, but that person operates from a place of safety. And the robot goes in, in in its place. That's got to be a, a win in anybody's eyes. In your promotion video, you talk about Spot being a co-worker. Is there any danger that Spot and the other robots like it that will go into industries like construction could replace employees? Or can you ensure workers that it's not a pioneer project to take away their jobs? It's a, it's a project to save their lives and make their jobs easier. Yeah, that's that's really what what robotics is is for. You know, what the use of Spot is, and Marcus said it as well as. It's a coworker. You know, I like to call it. It's a collaborative robot or a cobot, and it's there to supplement the teams that are on site. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems that you see in the industry right now is just um, the ability to have. You know, there's a lack of labor that they can find to do a lot of these jobs. And what the robots are doing is they're there to do the tasks that are the unsafe tasks, um, the repetitive tasks, um, or even you know just the the ones that. You don't want to have a person having to do that kind of uh, work on a day-to-day basis. You know, let the teams on site focus on the higher value tasks that have to be done, and then let the robots take over with the tasks that are more redundant or repetitive, um, to where they can go out and capture the information on a on a daily or repetitive basis. And so that's really what the robots start to do is they supplement the teams on site, but they're not replacing the teams on site. Do you think some of the apocalyptic predictions of writers who've recently been charting what they call the rise of the robots? Is that apocalypse exaggerated or, in fact, will robots enhance and help human workers in construction projects and other areas in the general world of work? Yeah, I personally think that they're going to enhance and, and, and help workers and that they're going to help make you know, construction more efficient. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Mark has, has an opinion as well on it. But, yeah, in, in my, my feeling, I think it's really what you're seeing is an evolution of the, of the workflows currently on job sites. Um, what you're seeing with a lot of these robots is that it's kind of an evolution of the virtual design and construction teams where you start to have the ability to deploy robots on multiple sites and then you can kind of consolidate your teams into one centralized location. Uh, we're doing things with like a remote operator application that would allow you to remotely operate spot without having to be physically on the same job site as spot. 
So where you now you start to have kind of like a command center in like your main headquarters building, your virtual design construction teams could be focused in one location and then have robots deployed to multiple uh, projects where they could then remote in and start to do their kind of inspection tasks and things of that nature without physically having to be on the, on the job site. I really see it as an enhancement of the process and then also just kind of an evolution of, of the processes that are being done today. We don't see it as, as replacing anybody. What we see, David called it exactly, there's finite availability on, on labor and resource availability, whether that's you know skilled, unskilled, whatever it is, you know, the UK as well as the global market suffers. So Spot very much complements that that workforce and, and in the ways that David mentioned. And, and interestingly, the business case I wrote in Balthabiti, one of the questions came out around, it's just replacing people. How's it going to be met with by people on a work site? Uh, and we took it to a work site. But one of our biggest in the UK, um, we, we work with, I think we have about 96 subcontractors on this one site. So it's not just Balthabiti. We exposed it to 96 other companies and, and their workforce. And not a single person said, what's that doing here? It's just going to replace me. It's take over the robots and everything like that. Everybody understood. When you explained how we were applying it and deploying it, they went, yeah, it makes sense. If, if it does this for me, if it does that for me, then, you know, and it was it was amazing how quickly, you know, within an hour uh, or a couple of hours, actually, everybody got the phones out. Nice, shiny robot. Brilliant. It's all fantastic. And the world is taking over. But within a couple of hours, by the time I got to lunch and afternoon sessions, the spot was walking around and, and barely anybody batted an eyelid to it. It became normal almost within that short period of time. And it works in conjunction with the other tasks that, like, that, like David said, are, are, are more skilled. We've all seen it. When we first deployed Spot Around, we went, have you seen Have you seen War of the Worlds on Netflix? It looks just like that and stuff like that. You know, it's all, it's all taking over. And, you know, I think I had about four or five people say it looks like it. And I went, yeah, it might do. But it's not, you know, it's here to help. We could all sit here and go, no, it's never going to take over. It's never going to do anything. I think you put the technology in the wrong hands, anything's a possibility, you know, in reality. But I think if, if we look at the genuine application, if we look at the genuine build and, and where the world and, and industry is today, it's only there as an aid and a benefit to people, to business. And, and, and like David said, I mean, Balfabiti, we're a multi-billion pound turnover company but we operate in construction on two percent three percent margin by having the capabilities and, and the tools in our toolbox you know to, to deploy when we need them and, and give us the accuracy and, and, and the efficiencies that starts to take those inefficiencies out the quality the accuracy the repeatability the scalability and, and, and also that two percent becomes three percent becomes four percent and actually, you know, we, we've started to manage its cost mitigation, its, its error. We don't have to rework things. Robots will not take over necessarily because we're planning control centers. We're planning hubs where we might have four spots. And, and it's not, bear in mind, it's not just spot. Spot feeds into the autonomy program that Caterpillar and Finning are looking at for fully autonomous excavators and, and, and dozers. Spot should work with those two items of plant and be able to do construction level validation as we're doing work progress and it all comes back to a hub so i believe we'll see robotics expand but there is still always going to be the need for a human and i think we're really clear on that is ai or so-called ai and artificial intelligence is a long way away and again even that needs a human to give it the data to start to make those calculations so 
I think we're pre- pretty safe from a from a war of the world takeover or, or anything drastic. Um, certainly in my lifetime, anyway. After that, it's so well, it <laughs> well, it won't start on the war of the worlds won't start on a building site. Back to the bottom line, <laughs> the, the bottom line in the business, uh, money. And has any cost benefit analysis been done to see how Spot will save money whilst? raising productivity it certainly has from from my perspective um and, and i can say that safely because um in order for balfour Beatty to invest in it i had to write a business case i had to justify why would we invest x amount of money and and we explained how we would do it what we thought the, the benefits would be we focused on three sections we looked at the mobility the autonomy and then also then sensor integration and, and, and reality capture and and you know we, we sort of said actually we we can save x amount we estimated a between i think 12 and 15 percent cost improvement uh, because of the performance on doing the continual site progress monitoring so we're just talking about taking photos and um, or doing photo capture if we can do that every single day then we can understand exactly where our project is. We can understand that we don't end up putting roof tiles in when the ME above the ceiling grids isn't correct because we can see today's work tomorrow rather than a week down the line. So, you know, our cost performance improves. We estimate between a, a 6 and 8% saving on rework. So again, you know, we can capture the levels, you know, so if we're saving 8% on, on a project cost of, half a million a million you know or in our case you know 50 to 50 to 100 million then you know, that's a significant sum they, they were the two biggest ones for us that we we really want to focus on and we are focusing on is cost management and saving that rework element if we can save between 10 and 15 percent on, on our overall cost per project smart cost us 0.001 percent of a project it it, it, pay, it pays for itself pr- pretty quickly now, how much battery life does Spot have? How, how long could it, could the robot operate in a working day on site? Its battery life is uh, ninety minutes, um, and then uh, the charging time for that it's about two hours to get a full charge back. And in order to enable an autonomous workflow and allow Spot to work throughout the day, uh, there's a docking station that's incorporated with Spot. So it, as it goes out, it runs a mission. It can come back to that docking station, sit down, and start to charge. And then there's a data connection on the back of that dock that um, you could then plug into that, and then as as the robot is charging, you can pull the data off that was just collected during a mission. And so, uh, part of the work that we're doing uh, with Boston Dynamics is really determining, depending on what the different payloads are that you are, you have on the back of spots. So in the case of the scanner, you know how many scans can you get captured in one mission before you have to come back, sit down at the dock, and then you know the idea is you know how many scans can you capture throughout a a working day. So. We base a working day off of about, uh, you know, an eight hour cycle. So, you know, how long can you go out, run a mission, come back, dock? Where's the placement of that dock uh, need to be in order to optimize the mission times and things of that nature? Uh, then that way we can provide guidance um, to customers in terms of, you know, what what can they expect to get, you know, throughout a working day? Uh, but what we're finding in our our studies right now is we're getting, we're running missions with Boston Dynamics of about 120 scans uh, just to see what kind of timing we get there. Uh, but you can expect, you know, to run anywhere between, you know, maybe 80 to 120 scans. Uh, but the whole idea of, of having this docking station is, is to take, you know, the the runtime of the batteries out of the equation uh, and really enable that autonomous workflow. Now, another very important area, which was touched on earlier, was health and safety. Now, in relation to the robot itself, what's the technology there to ensure it doesn't itself cause accidents or crash into human workers or 
you know, knock things down. Yeah. So built into spot is obstacle avoidance. Uh, so it has, you know, the capability to, it's, you know, it's dynamically sensing its environment as it walks through the environment. And so as, as changes occur, it actually has obstacle avoidance built into it. So if somebody walks into its path as it's uh, performing a mission, uh, it'll deviate around that person. It'll find, you know, a way to get around the obstacle uh, without running into it. It won't deviate off of its path uh, more than about, you know, based off of the area that you've defined as the walking path, it has a, a zone of about one and a half meters on either side of its of its center line to give it some uh, flexibility around how to find a way around obstacles. Um, but it won't go anywhere that you haven't programmed it to go. So, you know, spot won't just randomly just start to walk around the job site. So you have to teach it where you want it to go. And then it's got flexibility to then navigate around obstacles based off of where you've taught it uh, to go. And then some of the intelligence that's being built into Spot as well is that as you go along and you have a mission, uh, you define what are called waypoints along that mission. That's where you want Spot to perform some type of action. And as these waypoints get uh, collected, then Spot has in its memory the ability to kind of connect the dots between all the different waypoints and based off of where you've walked it through a site, then it can start to uh, kind of optimize its path around different obstacles. Uh, so it can find the most efficient path to get to each waypoint that it needs to go to. And then also as new obstacles come up in its path, it can find an alternative route based off of the areas that you've you've taught it to walk. Um, but those are all kind of the, the, the intelligence that's built into Spot today. And then you know part of the work that we're doing with Boston Dynamics and, and working with customers like uh, Balfour Beatty is that as they're out on the job sites and new you know conditions come up or new situations come up, then we start to learn you know okay how do we need to improve the firmware on Spot so that it can be more dynamic uh, in its environment. Uh, so that's kind of an ongoing area that you know continues to go as we start to to work with more and more customers. Is it fair to say that it can, and I know this is a controversial word, but learn its way around a construction site, for instance, a project, and it can start to learn what is the best optimum route or you know, safest way to go? Yeah, it, it will it will learn that based off of where you've taught it to go. So it's not going to just um, on its own decide, okay, I'm going to walk off on uh, off in yeah, this yeah. direction. It's only going to walk uh, wherever you've told it it can walk. Um, so uh, once you've taught it a path, you know when it's when it's learning, you know what's a more optimum route to go. It's going to be based off of areas that you've already taken it. Um, so as long as it it's been taken to that environment, it's mapped the conditions there. Then it can use it to kind of optimize its workflows. Uh, but it's not going to go off and just independently make a you know make a choice that okay I'm going to go down these set of stairs even though you never told me that I could go down those stairs it it doesn't have that capability and presumably the, the control centers will be able if if something did go wrong to switch it off very quickly remotely oh yeah yeah you can have it remotely um, into the the software that's operating a spot today there's a an e stop button that's built into the application so uh, if there's a you know situation happening where it's an unsafe uh, operation. You hit the e-stop button and that uh, cancels the current mission and, and then spot will automatically power down and just sit down on the job site right where it's at. Can, can this is a time when there's more of these robots and the unit costs are driven down for people in the industry who buy them? Yeah, absolutely. As yeah. as things start to scale, you'll you'll see costs start to come down. Um, you know, we saw it with scanning. Scanning is a, an area of, of, where, of work that I uh, did at Trimble prior to getting into robotics. You know, when scanning first came out into the market, that was a you know a six-figure sum that you had to invest in in order to purchase that. And now, um, you know, the costs for scanning are are in line with you know the costs that you get for purchasing a total station. You know, these are all tools that are used on projects now on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, as the technology gets developed, definitely you'll see you'll see costs start to come down. And for the both of you, really, and this is a, a the long view, 
speaking into the future, how far into it can you envisage that the likes of Spot will be ubiquitous presence on building projects around the world? So I, you know, I, I would envision it, you know, within, you know, five years, this becomes, you know, a tool that you start to see that it's it's a tool, you know, and it's and the novelty of having either, you know, an application like Spot or any of the other robotic applications that you're seeing uh, coming out into the construction industry, those will start to become, you know, tools that are used on the job, you know, for, you know, different workflows and things of that nature. So I think the novelty of having, you know, a, a robot on site will, will wear off. And it's just, you know, what types of applications will you start to see as, as it gets employed uh, more and more. I definitely agree with that. I think we had Spot last year and we took it out. It was a novelty for a couple of hours and then the novelty was gone. The commercial leads were involved. We presented to project directors, we presented to health and safety. They were all on board within, you know, a couple of hours and, and I think certainly for from a Valve BT perspective, we have that many use case or potential use case applications that, you know, I, I am pushing David and sort of going, okay, brilliant, we, we, we're here now, but when when can we release this firmware? When can we do this bit? When can we do that bit? And, and we're, we're trying to push people and, and Trimble and Boston. And, and ironically, I was talking to Brian Ringley at Boston Dynamics before this call, um, sort of going, okay, what what's the next iteration? Because we're ready to make those part of our sort of standard toolbox, make them a business as usual. As David said, it's sort of a cobot. They are an employee of Balfour Beatty. They're nothing different. They're nothing unusual. They can probably actually help our productivity because they can work at night when we're all asleep and we can still go through that. So yeah, very much on the five-year timeline, I'll be honest, I'm pushing for three to five. So we're, we're trying to get them pretty quickly. We've got the application. We've got the need for it. And and. Going back to an early point, there is a finite amount of labor and you can't just suddenly magic up a number of, you know, eight, 18 to 50 year olds to go come and work for us. You know, that that in itself is it's a finite resource. So the more we can get these and, and you know, as David says, the, the price comes down. Scan, scanning used to be expensive, but look at the price of your, you, you know, um, batteries and hybrids and, and everything like that more wide scale and more adopted it becomes more affordable it comes it's not cheaper because it is a valuable product but it becomes more affordable but it's up to contractors it's up to principal one contractors like like Valfaviti and others in the uk and, and across the world to, to drive that adoption it's not down it shouldn't be down to our contractors um don't get me wrong they can do it and you know we, we talk to some of them and, and they're interested but we have to build it into our workflow we have to build it into our site designs and that's the one thing I thought about, you know, your, your health and safety question about could it cause accidents? How does it stop causing an accident? And it's not just on spot to do that. You know, we, we talk about a safe working site. Now, it should be a safe working site, whether it's a person or whether it's a robot. The advantage with spot is you can take your site 3D, 2D design that's in CAD or, you know, whatever format you have it in. You can insert that and, and insert it into spot effectively and go, this is my site layout today. This is my site layout tomorrow because we're changing this. We're changing partition walls. That's how it operates. It's not just down to the robotics. And this is why I say it doesn't replace people. You still have to design or operate within a safe working environment. Just because it's a robot doesn't mean it should be, should be treated any differently. Um, it's it's thinking about how do you incorporate that in so charging points etc but that becomes part of our business as usual our projects we're already thinking about okay if i've got a multi-level project how many docking stations do i need for spots you know can it go up and down two floors can it cover two floors in its day and they're the sort of challenges we're thinking about today rather than 
thinking about it in, in, in a couple of years' time. Uh, and how many do you have operating at the moment? Uh, we've got two operating at the moment. Um, so we, we, we did a we did an initial investment uh, last year, um, so eight, 12 months after me, with me being in the business. And we very quickly spoke to, to Trimble. Um, and it's been something we've been talking about with Boston. So we're, we're running two. We're looking at a lot of it's around the reality capture and the accuracy. Um, but we're, like I said, we're, we're pushing David quite hard on additional developments of technology and in other payload integrations because we've got the need and, and the desire to do it. So we're at two. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have budgeted for uh, another couple this year, shall I say. Um, so you know, our business is sold on it. It's for us, it's the slow integrations. No point throwing them at our business going, you're going to use these. We have to make sure they're deployed properly. We understand, everybody understands the journey we go on. And David and, and, and the team at, at Trimble are, are rapidly um, enhancing the workflow, the, what the solutions are available and how it automates, how it recognizes, how it charges, how it processes. And, you know, if I deployed six today, we'd have the same almost like hurdles. So if we do one, then two, and we go over those hurdles, then we know and we're working, we're working with Trimble to give them feedback going, this process flow doesn't quite work. Or I, I did a journey and, and it, it kind of lost itself a little bit here and, 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 and Trimble are going away going, brilliant, okay, we've got real world you know, feedback in terms of saying this works, this doesn't, and, and that only is only going to end up with a, a better product for, for the wider market to, to utilise. But one day, not so far into the future, Spot the robot, and it's like could be as ubiquitous on a building site as a JCP digger. Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's and that's the intent. You know, it's like this becomes a tool, and it's just you know which tool do you need to get the job done? You know, and and part of what what we're pushing to do, and and Mark was alluding to that as well, is that we're doing other payloads as well because there's different workflows that you're going to use Spot for. So, uh, reality capture is what we're focused on right now. Uh, but we've also got total stations and, and GNSS antennas, and all that's for doing construction data collection on the job site. So you'll have three different types of payloads that can be used for different applications. So then it just becomes it just becomes a tool, and, and that's what you use. And depending on what you need to be doing for your work, whether it's doing set out of the building or the reality capture of the project, you know, then that's what you start to use the robot for, and then and then you deploy it accordingly. And, and I think I think the the the, the interesting bit for all. Was it, uh, and it's almost a, a byproduct because we've not touched on on here, but um, everybody's focus at the moment suddenly has turned to, to sustainability, and and you know the fact you can have a battery powered robot sat on site, whether that's spot or a, a, or any payload platform effectively, but you know the scanner sits on there. I need a scan done. Um, if we get the GNSS workflow integrated, then we can go out and do construction levels without sending vehicles out, without sending people out, without vehicles on the road miles on the road petrol fossil fuel burn we're looking at power how we power our sites and we're using hydrogen generators and hydrogen fuel sourcing so actually if you look at the full power cycle of it our energy cycle usage then it's a sustainable model as well using this sort of platform and automation is it's all done from a hub it's all done sort of semi-remotely you know not only are you taking people out of out of harm's way and, and off the roads but there is a little bit of a benefit to the environment which Certainly for Balfour at the moment is is a, a big focus for us. So again, it, it supports the use case uh, deployment on on construction sites. For anyone that's interested in robotics, you know, really just come at it with you know just an open mind and and being willing to explore you know the different workflows uh, and and for how you could use it on your on your project sites. It's not something that's there to replace workers. It's really there to supplement the workers. 
and and just come at you know with an open mind of how you can utilize this technology on your jobs. So there we go, Pete Henry McDonald talking to our two guests today, David and Mark, describing how Spot the robot and the technology works. It's mind-boggling, and it's here now. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think also listening to that uh, interview there, anybody would definitely take from it that this is a positive thing, and it's it's certainly uh, it's been done in a safe way. The right steps are being taken, and the right control measures are put in place. The humans are still in control, Steve. There's no doubt about that. And we are able to use robotics to advance so many things that we do. It's very exciting. Um, the insight there was was amazing. You, you know, just even listening to the the couple of aspects about you know that confined space issue that they had, and they were able to send spot the robot in there, and how safe it was, and and how quick it was, and how accurate the surveys that spot the robot is able to do. The couple of questions that I had in my mind before I heard the interview in terms of you know well how do humans and and robots coexist on a building site like you know is the robot just going to start marching past you and stand on your toe or you know that type of stuff no that's not going to happen like there's obstacle avoidance there's so many different things that they've introduced into the robot and what they do you know i suppose we've really got to realize that this is humans maximizing their knowledge and inputting it into a machine which is able to communicate and, and collaborate with the the other massively advantageous technologies that we have in terms of BIM modeling, programming our work and programming how we do things on construction sites. So, you know, absolutely intriguing. And and, and to be honest, with you, I, I'm kind of excited about things now rather than looking at this as a negative. I think this could be very much a, a, a positive. And clearly, Pete, I mean, I think we should point out how big this market is projected to get. In 2018, the global market for construction robots was 22.7 million US dollars. By 2025, they're saying it could grow to 226 million. That's a tenfold increase in investment in these robots, which is just showing the size of exponential growth that we're going to see in this. From your point of view, as somebody who is on building sites day in, day out. What are the jobs that you would like to see robots being able to do? Where do you think this could go? I mean, obviously, there are certain use cases that are being focused on now, but we'll get to a point where this technology is affordable enough and adaptable enough that you can pretty much decide, okay, that's a task I don't want to do. None of my team want to do. We'll get the robot to do it. What would you like that to be? (laughs) <laughs> there is loads of jobs that lads on construction sites would, would rather a robot did than they have to do. And you, and you can't pick ones around the house that your wife tells you you've got to do. It's yeah, got to be on site, okay? I'd love to have a Peter Builder robot that can go around doing, doing what I've got to do. You know, those figures that you just mentioned, you know, are a clear example of how this industry is developing and being accepted within our industry. You, you just asked me, you know, how many jobs could be done realistically on, on site. I mentioned earlier on about the about seeing the, the video there. Of, it basically was like a, a robotic arm on the back of a truck that was laying blocks very accurately. Obviously, it's on the back of a truck, so that can only be done at ground level. It's a robotic arm, so it could probably go up to one or two floors. But after that, it's not going to be able to, you know, advance up a scaffold and those type of things. So there are certain limitations, but that would be a huge uh, advantage it takes the lifting out of setting up blocks. It takes an awful lot of scaffolding out. It obviously increases speed and accuracy and all those type of things. So that, that is something that would certainly be welcomed onto site. Like we, we've got so many machines on site already that take the heavy, heavy lifting out and the digging. Like, you know, many, many years ago, foundations were dug by hand. Um, and then obviously, you know, you, you, you had some hydraulic 
motorized vehicles that came along, JCBs and 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 other excavators came along and took the the labor out of those jobs. You know, you've got your bulldozers, you've got all of those type of heavy construction machines that are there, and they are going to start and already have started to link with um, robotics. Got to remember as well, you know, the sustainability issue here. A lot of the robots are are going to be battery operated, so therefore you know, reducing in, in emissions and they're going to be basically more environmentally friendly and then, then like a, maybe a, a, a petroleum or a, or a diesel driven machine. Again, and I think that important, sorry, Pete, to jump in, but you know, that's an important point to make as well, because construction site workers may be thinking, you know, we've already got, as you say, a lot of machines on site and they're all pumping currently, or a lot of them are pumping fumes into the environment. I mean, okay, you, you kind of you know they're outside in that sense but it's still a a fumed environment there but actually with these new greener ways of powering things whether it's hydrogen fuel cells or whether it's battery operated things you know that's going to increase and improve the overall working environment as well yeah well we've we've spoken about um the emissions uh, that are are directly related uh, to the construction industry in 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 terms of like up to 40% of of the the carbon emissions is coming from the construction industry and we 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 are constantly looking at, at ways to reduce this and this is is very much a, an, an obvious way and we know that an awful lot of machinery is going towards electric and I've absolutely no doubts that we're going to see huge advancement in that in terms of the the power of the, the battery driven machines are going to be matching wh- where they are at the moment w- with diesel driven machines and then the battery life and all that type of stuff is, is, is certainly going to advance. New advancements happen all the time and different challenges uh, arise all the time when it in in construction and in everyday life and you know robots at this moment in time definitely appear to be a very good way of overcoming these challenges in a safe way from what i heard today i do think we're making steps in in the right direction and i think that you know it's going to just keep on getting better and better and it's going to get more accessible to the everyday person at all different levels of construction so exciting times ahead Yeah, definitely. We're talking about a a situation, particularly for the construction industry, but I'm sure there'll be other things that are going on in other industries that will actually tie in nicely with construction as well. I was reading something the other day about robots and technology that can do all the recycling, for example, and can identify particular elements and strip them out and put them into the, the correct places. You know, something like that on a construction site, actually handling the waste from a construction site and effectively recycling it or or teeing it up for the right way of recycling while it's on site. So actually it leaves site going to the right places. I mean, those sort of things will massively improve the construction industry's green credentials. It's like what we said earlier, it's about creating an environment on the construction site, which is sustainable and it's about linking everybody together in terms of if you've got your your, your waste leaving your site separated already, it reduces then the next phase that has to happen at the next area. Obviously, it will obviously reduce the amount of waste as well because if you're using something like a a robot, you know, you can usually analyze what it's done on a certain period of time and you can also tell what materials it's separated. All of those segments of information can be used and analyzed to bring up a full database of what's happening on a day-to-day basis. And I, I really like what you said there as well, Steve. There's no doubt about it. Crossover from robotics in other industries can definitely be used 
and vice versa. I'm sure there's something that you know people will come up with in construction, uh, a construction-based robot or a construction-based machine can then cross over into other industries as well. It's real now. We're gonna we're gonna definitely have to. This won't be the last time we speak about this, Steve. I think um, th- th- these these advances are going to take um, place very quickly. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of changes in in terms of, of what's been what's been happening on our sites because the challenges are out there, and maybe the, the, this is the answer to to some of those challenges. So. I'm sure we will be uh, we'll be crossing this subject again. Yeah, definitely. And I think today we've certainly whetted the appetite of the inner geek of everybody. You know, we've talked about the 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 on-site possibilities, and you know, people will be now thinking, "Wow, we're going to be working with all these great machines." But also, you mentioned data, and that will uh, that will really excite the spreadsheet junkies who are listening as well. They'll they'll be frothing at the mouth. They will with with the idea of uh, of all this data coming into them. They they can't wait. Yeah, I, I want to be someday like the Mandalorian. I want to be walking around with that shiny suit on me and all the information coming into my helmet, you know, <laughs> me making all those cool moves that the Mandalorian makes. If I can do that every day, I'll tell you, I'll bounce out of bed and go to any construction site. <laughs> Fantastic. Pete, talk to you next time. Cheers, Dave. Thank you, man. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm